After 79 years of experience, I've been able to winnow it down to one word. But you actually have to have had 79 years of hundreds of things going wrong in your life in order to understand what that one word means. I want to learn from people smarter and wiser than me, <laughs> you know? That's, that's the way, like there, there, there is no other way to do it. I have learned a lot in the world and then I distill it and then I teach it. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. And I'm your man, Nikki Baloo, and I have a very special guest, one of my dear friends and mentors, and someone who has a lot of wisdom to share, Raymond Aaron. Welcome, Raymond. My pleasure. Glad to be on your show. Glad to have you here. Raymond, I asked you to come here because one of the things that has been a concern for me is I, I see that our society as a whole doesn't venerate its elders, doesn't seem to want to learn from its elders the way that it once did. And I believe this is uh, not a good thing. And I wanted to bring you on because you're one of the wise elders that I know who I go to for advice to uh, help solve thorny problems, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted you to maybe just start up by telling us, A, a little bit about your background and B, what your thought is about this, I believe, important topic. Well, just in case people don't know me, yeah. I... I'm 79 years old. Most people say they can't believe it because I look a lot younger. But more important, I act younger. I act playful. I do funny things like recently I did a plank, one of the most difficult gymnastic exercises, for 11 minutes. Wow. And, and my, my dear fitness coach, or in the past, he was my fitness coach, Nikki Ballou, can't do 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> and I've done funny things like I've raced 350 miles by foot, a month-long foot race to the North Pole at minus 40 degrees, hauling a 100-pound sled, dodging polar bears. I ride a five-foot-tall giraffe unicycle. I do all kinds of crazy things. But in my supposed real life, I have been a professional speaker and seminar leader for 41 years. And I have learned a lot in the world, and then I distill it, and then I teach it. So Nikki and I have been friends for a long time. But on top of that, I've been his coach, and he's been my coach. So we have a very sweet, equal, two-way relationship in our different areas of expertise. And now your specific question is, what the heck's going on with people not respecting their elders these days? Yes. Well, I've thought about that. And Nikki, the problem is far worse. Mm -hmm. People don't respect anything these days. 
deep fake is videos that that look like they filmed somebody, but the filming never occurred. I can take a photograph of you, just a photograph, and I can take a minute of your voice, and then I can get you to say anything on a video and it'll look perfect. And it's extremely dangerous. Imagine in the presidential race on the morning of election day, a deep fake video came out of Joe Biden saying, I'm too old, I'm too infirm, I've decided to drop out, please don't vote for me, vote for whoever you wish. Well, if that happens, 10 million people won't vote for him and whoever's opposing him, maybe Donald Trump, will win the election illegally or improperly. And nobody seems to care, or at least everybody's frightened. Nobody cares about lies that are going on in social media. Nobody cares about the harmful chemicals that food processors and manufacturers of anything are putting in our food and in our products. There's 10,000 new artificial chemicals that have never existed before that the human body can't assimilate. But manufacturers still keep producing them. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about their fellow man. It just, it's a shocking situation that only happened like in the last 10 years. It's, now we've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. 10 years is just a blip. It's, it's impossible to imagine that all of this horror happened just so recently. But I don't remember when I was, say, 65, people talking about fake videos and fake audios and fake posts on social media. I don't remember any of that happening. I remember when my grandmother, I'm Jewish, so grandmother in Jewish is Bubba. When my Bubba lived with me, we respected her. We would never say anything untoward towards her. She was, she was special. She was old. If she made mistakes, okay, we forgave her, but we didn't, we weren't rude. It's, it's, I can't even imagine being rude to my Baba. And so, yes, people are disrespectful of their elders, but they're disrespectful of everything. It's a terrible situation. In fact, I was invited to go to see the Hadza people of Tanzania and my friend, Eric Edmeads, has been going to visit them every winter for 15 winters. They've actually, even though he's white, they've actually accepted him as one of them. And this time he said he's going to take his dearest friends. And I was one of them and I went with him. And unfortunately, I got sick and had to leave. But I left right before we were going to see the Hadza people. But I've seen all my fellow travelers videos of it. And so I know what I would have seen. And they live exactly the same way they lived 100,000 years ago. They haven't been in touch at all with the outside world. And they get up every morning and the men go out and hunt. And if they don't find anything, the village doesn't eat that day. They go out and they might run for a marathon to find food, to find a warthog or a cheetah. And they not only respect, but the, the elders are part 
of the circle and they make a fire every night and they laugh and they talk about stories that have happened. And of course, the person that knows the most stories is the elders and they listen mm. to it. There is no television. There are no iPhones, iPads, MacBooks. There's nothing. So they talk to each other just like we used to do before television. Mm. Raymond, so this is, I think, a, uh, an important point to bring forward, especially for men and younger men to be aware of because what's the best way to learn the lessons that you need to learn in life? Well, one way is to go through life and make mistakes and be hurt by them. And we're all going to do that at some level. But another way is to actually listen to someone who's been there, done that, an elder person, somebody who has some experience. And there's one thing I noticed in the world of people that purport to instruct men there's all kinds of younger men, men in their 20s and 30s, who are trying to tell men how being a man is. They're trying to tell them how to be a husband, how to deal with uh, relationship issues. And honestly, Raymond, they're too young. They haven't had enough life experience. They haven't gone through any trouble. And I think it's dangerous for young men to listen to these people. I think they need to listen to some elders. And one of the things that I seek to do in putting this podcast together is get these messages out, especially to younger men, and to make them think. And when you talk about the Hudson people, I go, wow, how cool would it be to go away somewhere for a, a week, a month, and not have a phone, not have internet? I can't even imagine what that would be like, but I, I could imagine it'd be pretty special. Yeah. Well, I had an experience uh, a woman that I know very, very dearly. She's Roman Catholic. She wanted to get married and she wanted to get married in a Roman Catholic church. And they told her that she had to take a course. So fine, fine. So she and her fiance took a course and it was held by a priest and a nun. And the priest and the nun who have never been married were telling them how to be married and each time like it was like once a week at like every wednesday night for 12 weeks every morning the next morning i would say to her tell me what did you learn what did they teach you and i was horrified she said well the nuns took us aside last night and they told us not to use any contraception and all the brides said oh yes no contraception sister and I said, but you are using contraception. She says, yeah, all of them are. We're just pretending. And so, yeah, it's horrible not to respect your elders. But here, she was trying to respect her church, but she was laughing at them. She was saying, oh, yes, no contraception, but she was using them. So were all the others. And so she was actually lying to them in order to get the right to be married in a, in a church. It, it seems so strange to me. And yet she did it because she wanted to honor her parents. Her parents wanted her and she wanted also. And so there's lots of disrespect going around everywhere. Maybe the priest and the nun thought they were doing a good job, 
but their students were laughing at them. It's just like a 20 year old teaching how to be a man in a marriage when he doesn't know. Yeah. There yeah. should be, you can't teach a man how to be in a marriage until you've had two divorces. That should be the rule. Honestly, <laughs> either that or you've been married for 40 years, right? So you know how to make a, a single marriage work well. And, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, there's, there's too many people who purport to give advice who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yes. So, Raymond, imagine you're speaking to a young man, a man who's under the age of 30. And he is listening to this podcast because he, he grew up in this time. Uh, traditional uh, teachings of how to be a man were not what he was taught. Yet he also has a feeling that some of the things that are being said about men and manhood and masculinity by the world, by society, aren't quite right. And he's looking for answers. What would you advise him to do? How would you tell him to go figure out how to become a good, honorable, productive man, member of society? Well, I'm going to give you an answer, but after 79 years of experience, I've been able to winnow it down to one word, but you actually have to have had 79 years of hundreds of things going wrong in your life in order to understand what that one word means. So I'll give it and I'll talk about it and I'll hope that people can somehow grasp it, even though I've had to live through eight decades in order to get it. And the word is gratitude. And you could say to me, oh, yes, gratitude. We know that one. Give me some more. But I'm telling you, if you have gratitude, you will automatically respect your elders. You'll respect your wife. You'll respect your kids. You'll respect your boss. You'll respect your coworkers. Gratitude is like the single biggest thing I could wish on an individual young man, or indeed that I could wish on every person on earth. If every person on earth was deeply grateful, wars would end. How can you kill somebody if you're grateful? It just, it just can't occur. And recently I had possibly the biggest increase in gratitude just a few weeks ago. I, well, two months ago, I started coughing uncontrollably. I just couldn't stop coughing. I would cough for a few minutes and then I wouldn't cough for an hour or so. Then I cough again. And it was hard because I'm a professional speaker. It's very difficult. But after two months of that cough, one Monday night in my bedroom, I started coughing uncontrollably. Cough, 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 like every second. And I was coughing so violently and so frequently that there wasn't space to breathe in. So coughing is breathing out. And if you breathe out long enough, there is no more air in your lungs. And at one point, it was like my head had been held underwater and I had no air left in my lungs. And I, I said to myself, is this my last minute on earth? Because I had no air 
and I couldn't breathe in because I was coughing out every second. And then I don't know what happened. The coughing stopped. It just stopped and I could breathe in. But I actually experienced, I was one moment before death. I could feel that there was nothing left. And then suddenly the coughing stopped. Does that ever increase gratitude? Let's say my wife does something that I think is kind of an insult to me. So what? I'd rather have a dear wife of 14 years than be upset at her about that insult, whether it was true or not, whether I just imagined it or made it up or who knows. And oh, the gratitude that has skyrocketed in me from being one moment before death. It's just, and I can't, it's not like I'm saying to myself, okay, Raymond, be grateful for um, the sun. Um, be grateful for my friend, Nikki. It's not like I'm looking for gratitude. Or some people on stage say, before I go to bed, I write down five things I'm grateful for. I don't mean that. It's like a million times deeper. I mean, I actually come from gratitude. The, the lens that I look through is a gratitude lens. Everything, everything is gratitude. Now, I can say that, but I don't know if anyone can get it because you have to go through my experience to get that. But that's who I am now, my friend, Nikki. Being a moment from death and then being given life, man, that'll make you grateful. I can totally <laughs> get that. I mean, I can't experience it. I, I didn't go through it, but you can I imagine. was right there with you. I can imagine it. Uh, yeah. And so imagine for a moment, Raymond, that you have a 25-year-old young man in front of you. He is trying to make his way in the world. He wants to he wants to be someone he can look up to for himself. He wants to be a man that he respects. He wants to maybe start a family. He wants to figure out what his purpose in life is, what his mission in life is. What you're saying is step into a lens of gratitude and that lens of gratitude will start to make a bunch of things clear to you. Yes. Is that what well, I'm hearing you say? That's, that's, what I, that's what happened to me. But yeah. if I had, uh, if I was a mentor to a younger man, and I call this pact between the generations, and every mm. so often I do pick up a younger person, and it has always been a man for some reason, or a, a younger man. And what I do is, instead of leading them or teaching them or saying, be more grateful, what I do is I tell them to read a book. And then we talk about it. And the talking is his talking, not my talking. I'm not preaching. I'm not saying, did you learn this from the book? Right. I give him a book. He reads it. And I say, what did you learn? How has your life changed because of it? And he learns whatever he learns. But the books are so powerful that it speeds up his journey through life. Mm. And so some of the books 
would be a message to Garcia. I think nobody, nobody has the right to be alive if they haven't read that book. And I'm telling you, the book is free. Just go to Gutenberg.org. It's completely free. And it takes maybe 12 minutes to read. Mm. Holy mackerel, you are a changed person after that. And then there's another book, Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Yes. Another book, The Richest Man in Babylon. There's about 10 somewhat spiritual books, not religious, spiritual books. And I ask them to read it and then talk to me. Sometimes we talk by Zoom. Sometimes we talk walking down a dirt road. And that hastens their own growth. I don't want them to be a mini Raymond. I want them to be a bigger them. Mm. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I'm doing that with one lad right now who's 17. He's my neighbor. And on our first day here, there was a handwritten note in our mailbox saying, do you want your grass cut? I'm your neighbor. I'd love to do it. And we said, yes, because I've got three acres. I ain't cutting three acres. (laughs) And then when the winter came, he said, do you want me to shovel the snow? (laughs) Absolutely, I do. And I've gotten to really like him. He's such... He's, he's, he's a little businessman. He love it. He, he built a hen coop and he bought some hens and then he collects the eggs and washes them, puts them in cartons. And then on the corner, the, the nearest intersection, he's got a little kiosk with a little screwed in place where people can put in money. And he says in the country, nobody cheats them. Everybody pays. Like That's nobody, amazing. Yeah. And so I just love the guy. And so he asked, he actually asked me if I would tutor him. He said, Hey, I looked you up on, on, uh, on YouTube. You're a big guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. And you're old enough and absolutely wise enough to choose a younger lad, not your sons. You already do that. And just take them under your wing, ask them to read a book. And by the way, if they read a book like Message to Garcia and they say something like, I don't get it. What was, what was that about? A, a war in Cuba? What, what the heck's that got to do with anything? Then I just make it inconvenient until he stops calling me and we just fade away. Because if, he, if he's not ready to learn, I, I don't want to force it. And by the way, that's never happened. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. You know, my eldest son, he just turned 18 last week, January 25th. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. He still I... he still has the Raymond bear that you gave us. Eh? It's still in his bedroom. I don't know if you I remember. Can't... You gave that to us 18 years ago. <laughs> it's, oh, it's still I there. I can't believe we've been friends for that long. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Kayvon, um, in his bedroom, there were a couple of bookshelves, which for years had had kids' books. He took all the kids' books off the bookshelves. And he said, I don't want these anymore, Dad. So I had to put them away somewhere. And then he came into my uh, uh, bookshelves and said, can oh, I wow. have these books? Can I have these books? And um, so he's got... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the writer Robert Greene, who wrote the books, The 48 Laws of Power, The 33 Laws of War, The Laws of Human Nature, 
So wow. he took a couple of Robert Greene's books. He took Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. He took uh, The Unplugged Alpha. He took David Goggins's books, Never Finished. And so he's got a he's got a couple bookshelves, about 40 books on there. They're all uh, books about bettering himself, about improving yes. himself. Wow. And I just, the other night I said, son, I want to talk to you for a minute. He goes, sure, sure, sure. Because, you know, he's a teenager. He comes in, he does his thing, he goes. He doesn't really... And I said, what books are you reading now? He says, well, I'm reading The Unplugged Alpha and I'm reading uh, Conversations with God. And I said, well, what are you getting? What are you learning? And so he told me, he said, you know, from Conversations with God, I'm, uh, I'm learning a little bit about um, how God thinks. And I go, you know that this is a fellow who wrote these words, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, I know that. He says, uh, but there's, there's, there, there's some good insights in there. And I said, what are you learning from the Unplugged Alpha, which is a book for for, for younger men that was written by a, a fellow I had on my podcast a few years back, Richard Cooper. And he says, well, I'm learning how women and men think differently. Aha. Uh -huh. like, okay, that's good. That's good. I'm like, okay, that's good, son. Uh, keep it up. He goes, yeah, I will. And then he, he walked on and did his thing. Uh, but... Uh, he, um, I gave him Robert Kiyosaki's book a few years back. So he's got that on his bookshelf that he's been reading as well. And I think it's a beautiful thing when a young man wants to learn and to grow. I like what you're doing with this young man who's your next door neighbor. Inside of, um, inside of the world of Sovereign Man and the Sovereign Man podcast, we actually, as you know, we have a group of men that we meet. So we're, we're at about 20 men right now. Some of the men are a bit younger, some of them uh, are a bit older. But what I really want, what I'm keen on doing is attracting more young men under the age of 30 to what we do. Because I think while these young men are attracted and interested in hearing messages from guys who are all about get big, get fit, make a lot of money, sleep with a lot of girls, I just think there's more to life for a young man that to just follow that adolescent type message. Uh, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. That's why I'm actually having a number of men who are, you know, 70 plus come on the show to talk about the importance of elders, to talk about why they think society isn't really listening to elders or respecting elders or wanting to learn from elders and what their thoughts are on what we can do to turn this around. Because, you know, I was listening to a man named Patrick Bet David. He's younger than I am, but he has a couple of podcast channels. One's called uh, Valuetainment. The other's called uh, the Patrick Bet David Podcast or the PBD Podcast. And he said that in his business, when he looks to bring people on, he invites them and their spouse to meet with him and some of the other senior executives in his company and he asks them a bunch of questions. He asks them if they have any questions for him. But one of the things he asks them is, you know, we're, we're quite political here. We, we aren't shy about putting our words and, and, our, and our opinions and our beliefs out there. Do you have a problem with that? And he wants to know if they have a problem with that because the view in business has been, hey, you know what? Try to go down the path of least resistance. Don't let people know what, what your, your beliefs are because it could cause issues. Some people could stop doing business with you. And he said, well, 
all that's true. But when you know who you are, the people who think like you are also going to seek you out. And he said, I don't know about you. Patrick said that um, what made me become active about voicing my political opinion was when in school, my kids were being told they can be whatever they want to be. They can be a boy, a girl, whether they're a boy or a girl or not. And they're getting the teachers were deliberately confusing my kids. And I had a problem with that. So he started speaking out about that. He went to the teachers. He pulled his kids out of certain schools. He put them out into the schools that didn't do that sort of thing. And he started being more vocal about what he thought was going on in the country. And he said, if someone I'm bringing on as a senior executive into my company has a problem with that, they're probably not a good fit for us because we are looking for people who believe in what we believe. And I, and I remember listening to that and thinking to myself, you know, I, I, I agree with that approach. And when it comes to young men in particular, I don't want to be quiet. I don't. Yeah. Some people might hear my men's podcast and go, Oh my God, he's a misogynist. He's a sexist. He's a this. I know I'm none of those things. Someone says that to me. I'm none of those things. So I'm going to go, no, I'm not. I just don't agree with people putting men down. And I think misandry, which is the male equivalent of misogyny is equally wrong. So from my point of view, I want to do what I do for young men because I think young men are lost today. And there's a lot of false prophets that just don't know what they're talking about, teaching them things. So I wanted to bring the people that I think are wise, that I go to for advice on my show, to share their thoughts. And that's why I asked you to come here today. Well, you are doing a great service. And you're bringing on over 70s, hoping that they are very wise. (laughs) I sure hope they are. But you, at your age, are doing exactly the right thing for your son. So you don't have to be 80 years old to be wise. You're already doing that for your son and it wonderfully doing it wonderfully. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm, I want to learn. I want to learn from people smarter and wiser than me. (laughs) You know, that's, that's the way there, there, there is no other way to do it other than to learn from people who are wiser and smarter than me. Raymond, I, I thank you for taking the time to share some of your teas with us. God bless you. You're welcome. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.